If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's 100% free. There's a bunch of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, computer, or iPad. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one place. And most importantly, it's so simple. So if you're really interested in having your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hi there, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me on another journey of reflection and self-discovery on TRP Recovery. This is your host, Nikel, and today we're going to be diving deep into a topic that touches on the effects of early childhood trauma, and that is emotional dysregulation. So I hope you guys have some tea beside you and you're sitting somewhere nice and comfy because this one's going to be a little intense. So <laughs> let's get started. So for those of you who were unable to listen in on our episode last week, um, I touched upon my own personal journey with struggling with mental illness, um, specifically complex uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and OCD. And I talked about the season in my life where um, a lot of those emotions and um, suppressing all of that had led to an apex in which I experienced emotional dysregulation. And so what does that mean? According to an article written by Fabiana Franco, emotional dysregulation is the inability to manage the intensity and duration of negative emotions such as fear, sadness, or anger. And oftentimes this is linked to and the effect of interpersonal trauma as seen in cases with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So this is someone who unfortunately due to life circumstances or environmental um, upbringing and um, not having the tools in which to manage their emotions as they're going through life, whenever they experience things, unlike someone who was fortunate enough to be brought up in a healthier environment, they will become a little bit more um, overwhelmed with the emotions that come about as a result of those traumas that they're experiencing. And so emotional dysregulation is also linked to um, other mental illnesses or personality disorders such as bipolar disorder, clinical depression, borderline personality disorder. Um, uh, because of my limited background um, in the 
mental health field. Of course, as I've mentioned before, this is more personal testimony. I would definitely recommend doing a little bit more research um, in your own free time to kind of like get an understanding of what those other disorders are. And definitely stay tuned for future episodes where we'll definitely highlight those specific disorders. Um, but with that being said, um, let's move on to some of the symptoms of emotional dysregulation. So some symptoms that are very common are paranoia. I can speak for myself when I was going through my own traumatic um, experiences. Um, there was a lot of paranoia that was left as a result of experiencing those um, events and not knowing if those events would ever repeat themselves. And so I was on a constant um vigilant kind of mode and always waiting for the other shoe to drop because I didn't know if I could actually handle if that were to happen. And so that caused a lot of anxiety. Another symptom that's very, very common with emotional dysregulation is depression. And that is something I am very, very familiar with, um, unfortunately. Um, depression in the sense that I felt so powerless, that I didn't know how to cope with these emotions. And I didn't know that there were ways and tools for me to be able to get myself out of that, whether that was through going to therapy, going to um, group meetings, um, or just something as simple as actually sharing my feelings and thoughts and, um, you know, fears with people who I could trust around me. Um, so yeah, depression is definitely a really big one. Another symptom is impulsivity. Impulsivity in the sense that um, you're the type, well, not you specifically, but um, an individual might be um, the type of person who would make really large or really, um, uh, grand decisions without thinking about the long-term effects of what those decisions might be. So this person might, in the heat of the moment, as they're going through emotional dysregulation and they're so desperate to find a way to soothe themselves, they might go out and purchase a $30,000 car. And unfortunately, the income that they have cannot support that kind of payment. Um, or they might... Um, besides purchasing things, they might um, go get into a serious relationship without going through the normal process of really evaluating who that person is. And I can speak for myself when that happened. Um, and impulsivity could just take so many different forms and it really depends on the person. And so I definitely recommend reaching out to a therapist to kind of break down what your impulsivity might look like. Um, Another symptom of emotional dysregulation is toxic coping mechanisms such as substance abuse, um, alcoholism, sex addiction. Definitely keep in mind that the topic of addiction is just so large and complex and a little bit beyond the scope of um, my knowledge base right now. But I definitely want to just give that um, insight so that way if you feel as though you might be leaning on to certain um, patterns that 
you feel are helping you to get through a tough time, I definitely recommend bringing that up with a therapist or a trusted friend or figure in your life. So what are some causes of emotional dysregulation? We touched a little bit about that so far, but um, I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about the um, neurobiological causes of it. So everyone knows that stress can definitely cause a lot of damage in your life and also in your mental health. And according to an article called The Effects of Stress Exposure on the Prefrontal Cortex by Amy F.T. Arston, Mary A. Roskin, and Daniel F. Connor, chronic stress that stems from disorders such as post-traumatic stress disorder can cause reduction in the firing of PFC neurons, also known as the prefrontal cortex signals, but strengthens the amygdala function. So that was a lot. So let's break that down. First of all, what is the amygdala? So the amygdala is the region of our brain that really regulates our limbic system. Mind you, this is a very high level explanation, but it's enough to kind of get us through this episode. And um, it basically helps us to identify and process fear. So um, in the case that you see a snake um, coming at you, your amygdala is what's identifying a potential threat and already sending signals to other regions in your brain to actually act on protecting yourself. And the other um, element that we mentioned before is the prefrontal cortex. And so that is the region in our brain that is in charge of executive functioning and complex cognitive thought behavior. Or in other words, kind of like a CEO running a company, Think of your prefrontal cortex as the CEO who has to manage your finance department, your marketing department, your operations department. And at the end of the day, all these little pieces need someone to be able to look through all of them in order to make one cohesive decision that will affect all of them in the long run. And so for someone who is under constant chronic stress, they are constantly releasing the stress hormone called cortisol. And that over time can affect the functioning of your prefrontal cortex. And so how does that play out with someone who has emotional dysregulation? Um, they might be more um, prone to having suicidal thoughts and ideation or leaning to impulsivity because the prefrontal cortex in that moment isn't able to really think things through and look at it from a, a reasonable space. Because at that point, your amygdala has really taken over and is on full survivor mode. And that is such a difficult place to be because I can speak for myself when I went through my own um, mental health experiences that I would feel so, so overwhelmed and all I could think about were my symptoms and not the other side of of everything that I'm I was going through. And I definitely encourage you if this is something that you are going through to please, please, please find a way um, to talk to somebody, um, specifically a therapist, a psychiatrist, to really get you the help that you really need and deserve. So as we move on to some lighter and greener pastures, 
um, I want to talk about um, what are some ways to turn things around. If you are one of those folks who are unable because of financial reasons or cultural, um, you know, shame around the topic of mental health and you're not able to get to someone, what are some practical tips that you can use to help you get by? One of the things that I recommend is to identify your triggers. What I didn't realize was that I had a lot of triggers and because I was never really going into uh, a space of self-reflection or introspection, I would encounter triggers, but was never conscious that I was encountering them, if that makes sense. So um, if someone were to um, be really mean or condescending to me, that's a trigger because that automatically put me in a space when I was younger where I felt um, unseen or unheard and rejected. And so those emotions from that point in time came flooding right back. And unfortunately, my conscious self could not really distinguish between the fact that what's happening right now and knowing that I'm an adult and not a child who can actually defend herself and put boundaries in place, that definitely, definitely like elongated that process, unfortunately. But thankfully, you know, all hope was not lost. And I eventually found out that one of the best ways to turn things around is to establish boundaries. Boundaries are your best friend. They're my best friend. They're everyone's best friend. <laughs> they are the ways in which you are able to protect yourself and to protect your emotions and to protect your heart. And, when I, and I say protect and I am really careful to not say um, to wall off and to guard because eventually that becomes a lonely space. I've tried that, I've done that, and it never really works out in the long run. So your boundaries are just ways to teach people that this is what I am willing to accept that will allow me to be my better self or my best self. And this is how I can be able to continue this interaction or this friendship or this business partnership or relationship with you. And I am willing to listen to your take on it, but this is what I need in order to feel safe. And that's all that boundaries are. And for so long, because of um, a lot of things that have happened over time, I really believed that setting a boundary was being mean and that couldn't be further from the truth. And in fact, it's the kindest thing that you could do to the most important person in your life, which is yourself. Because if you are not kind to yourself and nurturing to yourself, you cannot do that for anyone else. Um, yeah, and the third um, thing or point that I could suggest to turn things around would be to communicate and share what's going on. And that is such a difficult thing for me because vulnerability is so, so tough. When you, to my last point, guard yourself off, vulnerability is so scary because it's saying that if I open this door of vulnerability, then this person or these people have the ability to hurt me. They have the ability to see like the ugly parts of myself and they can reject me or they can abandon me or and then I'll be stuck with those feelings. And so that was my thought process for a very, very long time until I started going to therapy consistently and being, you know, 
uh, encouraged and voluntold really to get into a space um, where I was feeling comfortable to share. And once I did that, it was messy. But at the end of it, I had people, family, friends, and like fellow group members who were able to say that they were thankful that I shared my story, that they were thankful that I felt open and comfortable and vulnerable enough to show such emotion. And I felt such pressure lift off of my shoulders because I no longer felt that I had to hold all those things in in order to keep people from finding out that I'm just human. <laughs> so yeah, and the last one, and this one's my favorite one because my girly side's getting out. It's healthy self-care rituals. And that for me personally looks like art therapy. Um, I love to draw um, and sometime um, maybe next week, I'll start to add some of my um, drawings in a portfolio on my website and you guys could check that out. Um, exercise is another one that I love to do. Um, really get those endorphins kicking and um, walking outside at my local park or around my block or just like wherever my feet will take me is one of the best ways to really help my mind get back to a positive space. Um, nature. Um, and for me, I mean, hiking is okay, <laughs> but I'm definitely more of the person who likes to go to the beach and plot twist. I like to go to the beach during the fall time because summertime is just not my thing. But when it's fall time, it's a little quieter, a lot less people, and I could just enjoy the waves um, without a lot of distractions. Um, another um, self-care ritual is music. Music is my life. <laughs> um, I love listening to music and just really relating to the lyrics. And sometimes, depending on what I'm listening to, the beat can just take me into a completely different direction. But with that being said, also be careful to the type of music you listen to um, in the space that you're in. So if you're in a negative space, perhaps it's not the best idea to listen to Evanescence, for example. I love Evanescence, but perhaps it's not the best idea. Or um, if you're going through heartbreak, listening to Toni Braxton. I love Toni. She is an icon and I listen to her all the time. But I cannot listen to her during those times because that's just going to seek me deeper into a negative space. So just be a little bit cautious with the type of um, content that you're allowing yourself to ingest when you're going through a dark time. Another one is reading, which has been my first love since I was a child. Um, I remember when I was younger, I would walk around with my Dr. Seuss book collection. And so um, it allows me to be able to really express myself and just escape from whatever I might be struggling with at the time. Last but not least, um, my favorite thing to do is also body and hair care. Um, I went natural a few years back, but given the quarantine that's happening right now, um, I've been graced with a lot of time to be able to really invest um, in my hair. And I find that it's become more of a self-care ritual in terms of just like really nurturing my hair the way it deserves. Brings me a lot of like um, serenity and peace and also body care. So like once a week, 
um, using essential oils to like, you know, rub on my body, um, putting it in my bath, um, just like using like exfoliants and just really taking extra time to just really love and nurture myself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my tips. Obviously, this is not um, meant to be like a staple for everyone. Definitely take what applies to you if it relates. And I hope that it helps. Um, and definitely if you feel as though what you're going through is really, really painful and stressful and causing you to lose sleep or just so much anxiety and panic attacks or whatever the case may be, um, I definitely urge you to take a look at some of the resources and nonprofit organizations um, such as the National Suicide Hotline um, and to really reach out to someone to make sure that you are heard and that you are cared for. So I just want to say thank you for tuning in on another episode of TRP Recovery. And I really hope that we were able to shed some light on something um, that you or someone you know may be going through. So once again, just to reemphasize, <laughs> check out the description for some more resources. Um, and they, they can also be found on our website. And definitely um, tune in next week, Saturday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time for another episode the details of which will be on our Instagram. So don't forget to follow us on at TRP Recovery on Instagram. And definitely, definitely tune in next week. Thank you so much, guys. You are loved and you are blessed. And definitely, most importantly, take care of yourself. Bye.